history of cannabis branding is pretty unsophisticated. It was just Loud trying to be louder than the last version of Loud. And now it's, there's a lot of different players that are doing it with things that speak to their segments. Whereas before, there really wasn't a lot of segmentation. Like, hey, I made this for guys that think and do and look like I do. They were just kind of marketing to each other. So it was okay that we're talking about this product as if it's medicine and we're going to call it poison or crack. From MJ Bulls Media, it's the Raising Cannabis Capital Show. Today in Raising Cannabis Capital, we are joined by Trent Overholt from 14th Round. Trent, welcome to the show. Thanks, Dan. Pleasure to be on the show. Well, I've been looking forward to speaking with you about trends in cannabis consumer packaging, especially with COVID-19. There's so many negative ramifications, but one positive ramification is that consumers seem to be moving away from the black market. And I think health being made a top priority, people are thinking twice about the quality and the safety of the products that they're ingesting. And packaging is one noticeable difference between products that are sold in dispensaries and products that are sold on, on the street. As the industry's premier design technology company, are you seeing the need for improved cannabis packaging really ramping up? Definitely the need for it. The coronavirus situation has been challenging and unique and reasonably unprecedented for you know most people our age. Being deemed essential in most of the major markets was really good for the industry. Going back to the importance of packaging, it's certainly there for that initial appeal. It matters tremendously to compete for attention once you're in a legal channel. But what you're talking about is really a separating yourself from counterfeited products that have not gone through compliance testing, have not gone through the rigors that ensure that a cannabis product bought through a legal channel is in fact clean, safe, free of pesticides, heavy metals, etc. In California, the black market is still considerably larger than the legal channel. Some estimate that it's twice as big as the legal channel. So it just shows you the size of this industry. And so preceding this, number one, you had a lot of stuff in the headlines around vaporizers that had nothing to do with the cannabis industry. It was about Juul marketing nicotine products to teenagers, and it was all negative. And then there started to be this weird respiratory thing that seemed to have some sort of overlap with vaporizers, you know, not specified. Now that we're here, it appears that it was cannabis products that were black market and that were made with a cheap cutting agent, it undermined consumer confidence in a big way. And we did see the vaporizer category of the legal channel drop for a few months after that. It proved to be quite resilient once the facts came out and a lot of that confusion began to subside. Mm -hmm. It restored confidence in the legal channel. But now that we're here in this crisis and now that a little time has passed, all cannabis channels are up for the last 60 days. You, you re we really talked a little bit about the vape sector of our industry. Mm -hmm. And you're talking about regaining consumer confidence after some of the hiccups that we've had to deal with. Are you finding that companies are investing more in their design? Is that sort of the next phase for this sector? Yes. The first thing we saw was an increased interest in anti-counterfeiting. We have a partnership with 
Solo. Solo Sciences has a technology that's integrated into the packaging. It's proof of authenticity, anti-counterfeiting. There's some other things that it includes that help protect consumers in that it, it is what it says it is. Right. So then the packaging becomes more about shelf presence, competing for attention, right? You want it to be visually arresting and on brand, but it still needs to compete for attention in a really loud marketplace. Mm -hmm. The history of cannabis branding is pretty unsophisticated. It was just loud trying to be louder than the last version of loud. And now there's a lot of different players that are doing it with things that speak to their segments. Right. Whereas before, there really wasn't a lot of segmentation. It's like, hey, I made this for guys and gals that think right. and do and look like I do. They were just kind of marketing to each other. So it was okay that, you know, we're talking about this product as if it's medicine and we're going to call it poison or crack. I know. One of the things about brands now, we're at a point in our industry where the good brands all have quality products and they have a full line of products. Yep. And the thing that really sets them apart is the branding and marketing. But most companies still want to manage their brand in-house. Tell our listeners why it's so important. It's just have somebody from the outside overseeing the branding and marketing. Yeah, I mean, it certainly can be done well in-house. It's just that's an investment of its own. Mm -hmm. That's not free either. The reason you don't really want to do that is you want them to have other clients. You want them to have other experiences and other products in the same industry, but also in other industries. Like, is there anything useful that we can learn from the wine industry, right? There's an industry that's based in agriculture that celebrates variability. Most traditional brand building indexes around consistency. Like Coca-Cola I had tasted great, whether I was standing in Alabama or California or Minnesota, right? It was remarkably consistent. And to my taste buds, it tastes good, right? So just as an example, whereas in the wine industry, same plot of land, same brand on the bottle, but the 2012 was different than the 2013 <laughs> and different in a way that was appealing to me. And they celebrate that inconsistency in a way that's thoughtful and builds equity in the brand. That is an artful science that is hard to build in-house, especially when so much of the cannabis industry has a burn rate, has a limited budget or a scrutinized budget, you, know, you can only do so much experimentation before you undermine the confidence of the people that invested in your business. Right. The most cost-effective thing to do is to outsource that and leverage those experiences that an agency or a brand firm or even a company like ourselves, we're seeing and trying a lot of things and X percentage of them work. And then we build upon that. We see what didn't work, we try to understand why, and we move forward with that new higher level of knowledge. I don't want to jump in because I love what you're saying. I think for startups, a lot of times this is like afterthought, and it really shouldn't be. It should yeah. be the first thing, because if you start, you make all your decisions based on how you want the brand to be and where you want it to go, it makes decision-making easier, and it's something I think a lot of startups look at too late. Yeah, I would say the biggest mistake is just not taking enough time, thought, and consideration around the segment. This isn't for everyone. And you need to speak very deliberately to the consumer base that you want to have. That's the thing I see most when we sit down with clients is they just haven't thought about segmentation and how they want to conquer their piece of the world. I want to take a short break to play you a preview of our next episode and to thank our sponsors. 
if you're talking about 10,000 pounds a day, uh, a semi truck full of biomass rolling in every single day and you processing that, it's got to be done completely automated. It has to be done to code. You have, you know, solvent and volatile organic compound environmental regulations that you have to worry about. There's there's a lot of complexity that, that lies within that scale. And you can almost think of it as you're building a mini, mini refinery. Tune in on Sunday for another episode of the Raising Cannabis Capital Show with Nick Tennant from Precision Extraction Solutions. And now let's get back to today's show. Let's jump forward and talk a little bit more about your company. What are your plans moving forward as far as expansion and, and ra- will you be raising any capital? What's next? Yeah, so we were formed in April of 2018. Got off to a very fast start. We had access to some powerful intellectual property where we could immediately go to market with some very relevant brands. Number one brand in Colorado, very strong emerging brand in California. So right out of the gate, first year, we did $25 million and we were profitable, which <laughs> I can stop right there. That was a differentiated yeah. story yeah. right there. And in year two, it's even more differentiated. We grew about 70% with enhanced oh my gross margins and profitability. We do plan to go public in September, October timeframe if we like the market conditions. And we certainly will be ready from a financial rigor audit, those items of compliance, and also from an operating performance. So the strategy deck from two years ago is unchanged. So wow. it's proven to be the right approach. The re- results support that, and we're excited to take that forward. Okay, so now if you decide to go in October, September, October, fall, winter, how will my listeners <laughs> know about it? Will you be posted on your website? Are you going to send out announcements? Yeah, Absolutely. Because of these plans, we now we're upgrading the website. There will be an investor relations page, and we will keep that updated with everything that's coming. And that would be the best place to look. All right. Well, we're going to have all of Trent's information and 14th rounds in the show notes and also at mjbulls.com. So for our listeners, pay attention in the, in the fall. You might want to double check on their website to see if when it's up and uh man it's a great opportunity especially 25 million out of the gate and then a 70 percent increase i think you're going to have a lot of interest in this trend I really- yeah and i think this is this year three should be most interesting industry's proven to be quite resilient i think this is the most exciting chapter of it all well you made it through the sophomore curse so now we're on to th- year three is right <laughs> that's right trent thanks for being on the show today this is great thanks Dan. pleasure speaking with you Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Infused, a cannabis talk show, is a -a one-of-a-kind look inside the cannabis industry. Meet the amazing people who make cannabis businesses bloom as they join host Nick with Francesca and Mike for creative cannabis conversations. Get an honest look at the business of cannabis, including trends, best and worst practices, products, education, and advocacy. Whether you're kind of curious or running a cannabis, Infused has kind of conversations that count. Infused is available on YouTube and is now streaming as part of the PodConnects network.